about that later. Lord, we pray that today a sense of your word to us would drop into our spirits. Lord, it's only just over 30 days to go until the new year. And we need a word from you. A word that can carry us forward into the next season. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There shall be no drought in your land. We're living in interesting times. And uh, I remember about a year ago, as a church, we, we were trying to acquire the neighboring property here. And uh, we eventually managed to negotiate to purchase it. And uh, somebody said, you know, you must move fast because at the beginning of next year, things are going to turn dramatically and house prices are going to go through the roof. I was like anxious, you know, we better get hold of this property. And uh, the result was that when the year turned, things didn't turn. And the prices didn't shoot up. And I began to, just in my own spirit, become a little anxious. Because I, I was, I'm a, I'm a very, I like to believe the best. But it didn't, it didn't just turn. And I've, as I've watched what's going on in the world today, things haven't just turned. The Americans have only now decided to pump in a whole lot of extra money because the initial money didn't bring the turn they were hoping for. And when I, when I have contact with people via email, I'm discovering people are going through a very hard time. Just recently, a whole lot of people were retrenched from Standard Bank, and many of them I have contact with. And they're going through a hard time. And in my own life, I was feeling like, but when it says that we can live the abundant life, am I, am I living it? I began to wonder about these things, and, and I, I, I still wonder about them. But I believe when you have a word from the Lord in what your situation is or whatever your circumstances are, everything else changes. And so I'm here to encourage you today. And I want these words to ring in your head when you feel like, yeah, things aren't maybe turning as fast as I'd hoped. There shall be no drought in your land. And people face different droughts and different types of droughts. They come in many forms. You can experience a drought season in your finances, in your relationships, in your business, in your career. You can experience it emotionally and spiritually. And whatever it is that you may be facing today, I'm, I'm trusting that this will be a word from the Lord to encourage you today. I started off as I was preparing for today just going to look at what a drought is. What exactly is a drought? The dictionary says the following, that a drought is a period of dryness. I thought, wow, how simple. A drought is a period of dryness, especially when prolonged, specifically one that can cause damage and prevent growth. 
It can be a, a prolonged or a chronic shortage or lack of something you had hoped for or were expecting. And I was thinking about the people in the Bible. I was thinking about David. He's anointed by God. Um, Samuel the prophet comes and anoints him as king. And then he must run around for 12, 14 years hiding in a cave. I thought about Moses. He's brought up in the palace. God has a, a great redemptive purpose for Moses and he must end up in the desert for 40 years. I thought about Joseph. He was given the coat of many colors and then had to go into slavery and end up in prison. And yet God hadn't forgotten. It was a period. And I want to tell you the unique thing about a drought it is, is that it is a period between two blessings. Listen. The unique thing about a drought is that it is a period between two blessings. Now, where will your focus be? A period of dryness. It can be short, it can be long, it can be prolonged, it can cause damage, it can prevent growth. It's associated with shortage or lack, and it can be a time when what you had expected or hoped for did not materialize. We all face these times. As I was doing my research, I found a very interesting article on droughts. And you won't believe it, but I found it on a website for farmers. Is there a farmer up there? There we go. I found it on a website for farmers. And you know, I've, I like to learn from farmers because they, they seem to be in touch. Sometimes, you know, we can, when we open the tap, the water comes out. That's all that matters. But a farmer, he knows that there's not always just a tap to open. They have to have faith. And I found an inter this interesting article, and in it they identified four stages of a drought. And it's very interesting, the first stage of a drought is blessing. And the last stage of a drought is blessing. That's according to the farmer's research. So here are the four stages. Stage number one, the period of active growth before the drought. It's not a revelation, but it's something you perhaps haven't thought about. The second stage is the period of slowing growth. The third stage is a period when growth stops. And the fourth stage is after the rains return. Isn't that beautiful? To me, it's just incredible. So let's just take these four, these four stages of the drought. The period of active growth before the onset of the drought. Well, I want to tell you, I remember in this country between 2000 and 2008, the boom was big. Things were just, I mean, it was unbelievable. People were phoning me twice a week to offer me free credit cards at unbelievable limits. And I used to start becoming irritable with these people and say, I don't want your credit card. No, but please, sir, do you know what? I don't want your credit card. And it was like, 
it was just open everywhere. We'd go to the bank and say, we'd like to apply for a bond. They would say, here it is. You'll fill in the paperwork later. Today you go and ask for a bond. They say, all this paperwork, all this paperwork, and then we'll see. But it was just, there was all this, just seemed like this unending flow, unending flow. And for a farmer, in the season when everything is going well, it's a critical season. Why is it a critical season? Because you have to think long term. You have to make preparation. You have to make good use of that time. That's the time to build a dam. But why? It's raining all the time. Why must we build a dam? Because maybe the rains won't hold forever. We must build a dam. We must make provision. And during the time when things are going well, we have to make provision and farmers have to make provision. Secondly, the period of slowing growth. And how long this period will be depends on how effectively you planned when things were going well. If you planned well and you're not in exceeding amounts of debt and things are in place, the slowed growth is something you can, you can roll with the punches. But the farmers, and I'm reading here, they say, this is the riskiest stage. Because the decisions you make here will most likely determine the eventual outcome of the drought for you. The riskiest stage when things slow down. And I want to tell you, I believe economically in this country we're at that stage. Things have slowed down. And the farmers tell us it's the riskiest stage. Why? Because the decisions you make will determine the outcome of the drought for you. It's a time for consolidation. Number three, the period when growth stops. And this stage is marked by the fact that usually you have to make significant decisions. They can't be decisions that are delayed. For example, and I, as I was reading this, they were saying, of course to farmers, they were saying, don't fall in love with your cattle. Now I can interpret that and say for you, don't fall in love with your lovely motor car. Be careful, keep the main thing the priority. They said, don't fall in love with your capital, your cattle, but look after the core function. And they said, what is your core function? It's your breeding group. Breeding stock. Those are what you must look after. Look after what's really important. If you sell the rest of your cattle early enough, you'll get out all right. But look after your breeding stock. And sometimes when we go through a drought, we forget the main thing. We forget the really important things. We forget things like our marriage. We forget things that are really important. Perhaps our family or our children or some aspect. Because we're so consumed with, with the drought that we forget to look after the main thing. 
And he says, he was, this farmer was saying, if you hold on to your cattle too long, you may end up without your farm. And then, it will be very difficult to come back. But if your timing is right and your decisions are right, and you manage to consolidate, and you're left with your breeding stock that's healthy and strong, when the thing turns, you are positioned for success. And I tell you, it's in that time when growth stops that people are swallowed up by fear and panic. And we must not be tempted to do that. And then lastly, the period after the rain comes. And droughts are usually periods of low rainfall, not of no rainfall. Just before we close, I'm going to give you a little bit of a testimony about our farm. But I was talking to him, Dr. Villiers the other day, and he was saying to me, well, sooner or later the, ra- the rains are going to come. The 90-year-old man telling me, sooner or later the rains are going to come. And I tell you, sooner or later, in, in your situation, the rains will come. But the question is, when the rains come, we've got to be very careful again. Because is this the break? Or is it just one of those periods of rain within a drought? I remember my father telling me 20 years ago that in the church there were people who discovered the, the, the concept of spec building a house. And uh, what would happen is there would be a bunch of different people in the church and they would, they would go and try and spec build a house. And the first time they spec built, and they would, what, they, what, what that meant is you buy a piece of land, build the house and sell it for profit. And so what they would do is they would do it once and they'd make a bit of money and they'd be, oh God, you're so good. Wow, I can hardly believe your favor. They'd do it again. And it have success again, and then they would come to my father and say, we've got the secret. We know how to make money now. Our lives are completely different. And my father would say to me, this is when it gets dangerous. The third time they'd do it, they'd have success and they'd make money, run out and buy a fancy motor car. And when the day they bought the fancy motor car, my father would say to me, it's finished. And sure as nuts it would be. Because the standard of living would be raised so exponentially that actually the blessing could not sustain the increase in the demand. And I tell you, after the rain comes, even then you must be careful. And I think that's why God tells us that we must live circumspectly. And that we must take advantage of whatever season we're in. Would you turn with me to Jeremiah 17? Jeremiah 17, we're going to read from verse 5. I'm going to touch on what brings drought to our lives, what brings relief from drought, our hearts, and then a promise. And then we're through. Jeremiah 17 from verse 5. Quite a, quite a powerful scripture, this. Jeremiah 17, verse 5, it says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed 
is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands, and he will not see prosperity when it comes. It doesn't say he will not see prosperity. It says he will not see it when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Verse 7. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear. Does not fear. Remember I said fear? It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It doesn't say a lifetime of drought. It says a year. I told you at the beginning, it's a gap between two blessings. Here it says, he has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And then comes this warning. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct and according to what his deeds deserve. There are three things I see that can bring you, bring you into a condition of doubt, a drought in your life. One, trusting in man. Two, depending on the flesh. And three, hearts that are turned away from God. You can go and read it in verse 5. There are three things that I believe will bring on a drought condition within your heart. Trusting in man, depending on the flesh, and hearts that are turned away from God. But there are three things I believe will bring relief from drought. You can go and read about those in verse 7 and 8. Firstly, trusting the Lord. Secondly, having confidence in God. Thirdly, having a heart towards God. I want to tell you grab hold of those three things. Trusting in the Lord. It says, blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord. Second, have confidence in, in God. The New Living Translation says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. And lastly, have a heart towards God. Don't allow your heart to become hard, disappointed, or bitter. Verse 8 says, He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and 10 speaks about the condition of our hearts. And I believe each one of us as we go into the new year, we must evaluate that. Have our hearts turned away from God? Have we been maybe a little disappointed, hurt? I believe it's time to bring that back into alignment. Have we started to trust in man? Maybe Mr. Obama can pull it out. Have we started depending on the arm of the flesh? Maybe we've, we're making all our own plans. Have we ever submitted them to God? His, 
He watches our hearts. And I tell you, many times those drought seasons work a purpose within our hearts. I believe it did for Moses. I believe it did for David. And I believe it did for Joseph. So there is a purpose. And lastly, I want to end off with a promise for the future. And here I want to give you a testimony. Many of you may know that um, we have a, a, a farm in the Eastern Cape. My grandfather purchased it about 60 years ago. It's on a river, and we rely on that river for our water. In fact, it's the only source of water. There are no boreholes on the farm. It's only this river. And uh, it's a lifeline. The neighboring farmers are jealous of us because of this river and this access to this water. But about three years ago, a drought started in the Eastern Cape, and uh, the river ran dry. It stopped running. That's about three years ago. And initially, we weren't concerned. We were sure the next rains would do it, and so we, we sort of carried on. But the water supplies began to dwindle, and we became concerned. And so we, we made some quality decisions, and we informed everybody, we've got a water problem, don't waste water. We did what we could do. We did the practical things we could do. And like all rivers, it has like pools. And we were pumping from these stagnant pools. And eventually the main pool ran dry. And so we went and bought piping, black PVC piping, and we siphoned from pools further up the river. We siphoned down to this main pool where we could pump. And the water was getting less and less, and they would send me photographs, and I would see this little puddle of water, and I'd think, you know, what, what now? And uh, eventually, in March, my uncle who lives on the farm, he phoned me and he said, Andrew, I think we've got, we've got a big problem coming here. He said, I, I can't foresee that the water will last for more than two months. And I don't know what we're going to do. The other farmers are already trucking in water with trucks. It's very, very expensive. Um, I don't know what we're going to do, but that's the situation. So I said, no, well, we'll make it a matter of prayer. And I went to Felicity and I said, Felicity, we've got a problem. We are experiencing a severe water shortage as the result of a, of a drought. She went away and she prayed and she came back with this prophetic word, there shall be no drought in your land. Now, it's a very strange prophetic word to give to somebody who's down to the last pool of water. And she made a little A4 printout for me of the Niagara Falls, and she put these words, there shall be no drought, and she stuck it up at the radio station where I make coffee for myself so that I could constantly see that there would be no drought in my land. And day by day, we pumped that empty pond, that empty pool, for April, for May, June, July, August, September, October. Halfway through October, the lady who's on the farm phoned and she said, listen, we've got big problems. 
there's more mud coming down the pipes than water. She said it's blocking the toilets and it's blocking the geysers. And she said when you do your washing, it comes out a different color. And here, the word is still up there when I make my coffee. There shall be no drought in your land. I called out to the Lord. It was the 15th of, around the 15th of October. I thought, I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to do. And uh, on the 20th of October, it started raining. It rained for 10 days. We had 175 millimeters in 10 days. That amounts to 7 inches. Seven inches in ten days. My uncle phoned me. He said, Andrew, the river is running. And he had told me before, it's going to take years for this river to run again. He said, because all the way up the river, the farmers have pumped all the ponds and pools dry. He says, we're going to have to have a hang of a lot of rain for it to firstly cause enough runoff to fill all the pools, and we're right down at the bottom, just, by this, just before the river runs into the ocean. It's going to take a long time. And he phones me and he says, it's running a foot over the weir, 20 foot wide. And he said to me, you know, our water problems are over. Even if it doesn't rain for another two years, we have enough water. And I want to tell you, it was, for me, such a miracle. Such a, such a, an answer to prayer, a fulfillment of this prophetic word. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're at the stage where the first pond has run dry and you're siphoning from some reserve somewhere. Maybe you've pumped the reserve dry already and there's mud coming down the pipes. I don't know what stage you are at today. But I'm believing for you that there will be no drought in your land. That God will do miracle on miracle on miracle for you. Now remember what the farmer said. In all four phases, we must be cautious. We must be careful. And we must use every opportunity we're in. But we must trust God that he is going to bring us from one blessing to another. This is the last scripture, Isaiah 58, 11. If you want to, you can turn there, you don't have to. Isaiah 58, verse 11. It says, And the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. I want to tell you, if your soul is satisfied, a drought is not a drought. The Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and in dry places and make strong your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. If you are in any form of drought today, doesn't matter what it is, 
I want to pray for you that this word would become a reality. Would you stand for a moment? Felicity, do you see all of these people? You have to pray for them. That there will be no drought in their land. Lord, I pray today, we receive this word from you. There shall be no drought in our land. For some of us, Lord, we're receiving it and it sounds like a contradiction. For some of us, we hear it and it's borderline irrelevant. For some of us, it's like, if only. But Lord, often your word speaks of things to come. Things that we can be expectant for and trust you for. So we claim it today. We say, Lord, we want to be like trees planted by water who do not fear the heat. <laughs> And for whom drought is not a concern because we are connected to you. One, we're trusting you. Two, our hope and our confidence is in you. And lastly, our hope, sorry, our hearts are turned towards you. And so Lord, as this year begins to wrap up and we all go our separate ways to go on holiday, maybe just rest, stay at home, whatever we're going to do. Would you cause this word just to drop in our hearts that we would begin to believe you again that there shall be no drought in our land. That we can trust you, be expectant of you, and believe you no matter what. In Jesus' name. Would you say after me, there shall be no drought in my land. Let's say it again. There shall be no drought in my land. Receive it. Listen.